Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Young Black Independentated. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The YBO Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Chef Renee Blackman. Hi. Hey. And let me just give you all a little bit about Chef Renee's background. So Chef Renee is really driven by passion and success. Um, she joined the ranks of many working in energetic and fast-paced, you know, world-class restaurants like Tommy Bahama and Union Square Hospitality, executive sous chef uh, for the Delta Sky Club at JFK, and you also have received the high honor of the James Beard, working at the James Beard House. And so you've worked for Creative Edge Parties, Pinch Boot Design, Cloud Catering, and you've also been a celebrity chef for some of our favorite uh, people in entertainment and sports. So welcome to the show, Chef Renee. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And I did see some of your clientele, the New York Giants. We are actually Giants fans in this household. So okay, okay. I, we live in like Eagles country, but we're kind of alone, like the lone Giants fans. <laughs> got you, got you. Yes. Listen, I'm, I'm, I was so happy for those guys. Like, yes, keep pushing through, keep pushing through. And then it was like, when the Eagles, oh, no one listen. <laughs> off. I was like, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't know. Both know. of us couldn't win. And that game, I was just mad that they kept rubbing salt in the wound. It's like, okay, you already beat us by 20. Like you don't have to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard to watch. <laughs> that, score was, that score was rough. The score was rough. But thank you so much for joining me on the show. And I just wanted to dive into your background because I know you have an awesome cultural background. You're from Barbados. Can you describe your relationship with food and when you really started to, to take culinary art seriously? Um, so, you know, growing up in Barbados for me, you know, food was fresh. You know, my grandmother had, you know, the breadfruit tree, mango tree, dunks, mm. you know, papayas, tomatoes, things like that. So I grew up seeing fresh foods all the time. And, you know, I literally watched her cook every single wow. day, you know, she's one of those people that, you know, if you were to swing by, she's got a plate of food. There's just an extra plate of food for some unnecessary reason, that. you know? Um, and I kind of, enjoyed paying attention to that even though when you're a child you don't realize how much you're really absorbing how much of a sponge you are at that moment mm -hmm. but looking back at it now like watching her pick the rice you know like you know making sure like oh, this little brown piece we're gonna get rid of that, we're gonna <laughs> that you know washing the rice things like that it's an integral part of what I do today and I think that that's kind of why my clients really enjoy my food. I take the time. I take the care. I finesse it. You know, I make everything look really good and, and it tastes bomb mm. to be honest with you. But my culinary journey has to, if I had to be very honest, probably began when I was about 16 years old. Okay. So, um, you know, did a culinary class, you know, nothing too fancy or whatever, but, you know, I learned a lot of pastry, things like that. But, you know, I wanted to go to school for it, but my mom, true West Indian fashion, crushed my dreams. You know? <laughs> But, you know, you got to go to school for business. You got to, you know, nursing, some, something like that. So, you know, I ended up going to school for business. Okay. That's interesting. So you, did you ever take that corporate route or what happened after school? Well, it was like, I was at school and I was working at Methodist hospital following my mom's guidelines. Oh, wow. So you, you know really went for it. Right. Like you're going to have a real job while you live in this house and, you know, and, and you're going to go to school full time, you know, um, but while I did that, I also ended up quitting because all I did was talk about food while I was at work. Like having <laughs> doctors try the food, like, no, 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 no. When you make the lamb, you got to do something like this. You got to add a little bit of, you know, cumin and cinnamon and this and that, whatever, whatever. And everyone told me, you need to get another job. 
Yeah. I, I feel like that's how it always ends up. You know, we try to run away from our passions because people do tell us like, oh, that's not going to make any money or, or that's not like right now I still work in corporate America, right. but luckily my corporate job nine to five, I do comms. That's pretty much similar to what I do now, you know, podcasting. So communications, but yeah, I got my BA in graphic design and my own dad was like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and and my own, my mom really has, you know, pushed me and she's always been like, Christina can do whatever she wants with graphic design. And so luckily I have been able to, you know, keep my head above water with the skills that I have, but right. it's hard when you have all these other passions and people are telling you like, no, that's not the traditional route you should go. And so when, when did you start your, you know, private business? When did you say like, okay, I'm going to go into business full time? So, you know, while working at the hospitals, you know, some of the doctors would hire me to, you know, do something simple, like make monkey bread or like, uh. hey, can you, do, can you do like chicken and rice or whatever for my family, whatever, whatever. And while that was a good little taste to get my feet wet, you know, I really started off after I left the hospital, I went to uh, working at Tommy Bahama okay. and I was there for a very, very short time. But I want to say maybe about 2013 is where I kind of just dived off into my own realm of hey, you know, I want to try out this and I want to try that, you know, a little bit of catering, but the private chef with all the fancy schmancy celebrities and stuff like that really popped off. I want to say about 2016. Okay. Wow. So this is like your late twenties, your mid twenties. Uh, I think I had probably hit about 31. Okay. I well, you know, that's going to make my, my age. You know, <laughs> no, sure first of all, good. you look amazing. Like, what, what are you, 38? I'm 27 going on 28. So when I saw you on the show and I was like, oh, cool. She's only like 37. She's only a little bit older than me. That really gives me hope. Like, you don't have to create a business when you're 21 and hit the ground running, you know? Like, I there people have found it like later in life. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if entrepreneurship's for me. But I, I see people getting into it at any age. And I'm just like, why not? Yeah, no, any age, like, you know, I think Aaliyah said about age is nothing but a number. And I think that applies to literally any part of your life, you know, do what you want at whatever speed you feel like, you know, don't feel pressure to hit a mark like, oh, I'm 30, I should have this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure we would all be robots all wearing black on black on black. We <laughs> said, okay, 25, married by 27, two children by this. Yeah. Uh, no, you know what I mean? I, I think that some people are built for it and some people are not though. Let's just be honest and transparent about that. Mm -hmm. you know? But when you do have that freedom for it, it's just like, wow. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. I can't wait to be freed from these shackles of corporate <laughs> and finally, <laughs> finally be free. But going off of that, you know, coming into this industry, like you say, you didn't really necessarily have that uh, schooling and, and that background. So did you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? Did you ever feel like, oh, I don't know if this is the right route for me? Like, I know it's intimidating in the culinary industry when other folks are like, oh, I've worked at five Michelin star restaurants. Like, have you ever had to deal with that imposter syndrome? So there's so much to say in just that one question. There's, there's so many different sectors. So um, I would say, honestly, I do suffer from imposter syndrome even up to today. You know, um, that's real. You know, and you have to be transparent. You know, there's so many people that are like, hey, chef, I want to be like you. I want to do this. I want to that. And I'm like, hey pause, right? I know, I know I make this look very easy. I know I make it look really good, but there's this, this, and this, and this behind it. And you need to be prepared for it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, starting out in the industry, you know, everyone went to school for it, you know, and here I am just this person who just loves cooking. And it's just, I took the first job I could get, you know, I'm a prep cook, line cook, you know, I, I could do a little of this and a little of that, whatever they let me do. But it got to a point where 
I think I worked with them for about six months and I immediately got a sous chef job at okay. Union Square Hospitality Group. Like that's, that's, you know, I, I would say I have like a militant-ish style in the kitchen, but I'm just very much head down, do what I say, yeah. let's do this, let's power through. Cause you know, proper preparation prevents a piss poor performance. So that's, mm-hmm. just how, that's, that's how I move in life. But so I had the opportunity in St. Martin and I apologize if I'm rambling at any point. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I had an opportunity in St. Martin to go down and be part of the Food Gastronomy Festival, which is basically oh, wow. food and wine, right? That's dope. And to be a highlighted chef was like, wow, you guys want me? That's so cool. And um, you have all these French chefs, people with Michelin stars, definitely culinary trained, you know, chest up and, yeah. uh, you know, and you know, I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, fuck, man, like, what, you guys want me, but you have these guys, and then my girlfriend had to tell me, relax, you're here for a reason, mm-hmm. you were chosen, so I rolled with that, and then there was an opportunity to actually cook with them in the kitchen, they sprung wow. it on us, you know, the tourism board was like, hey, so today, you know, we're gonna have about 70 journalists, and this, and this, and this, so um, feel free to just jump in the kitchen, do whatever you, whatever you guys want, oh my gosh, right, and mind you, I'm like dressed up, you know, <laughs> white sneakers, whatever, just thinking I'm just showing up for a regular like press conference or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. I would have just dropped that. I would have been too scared. <laughs> I was like, they're going to be watching everything that I'm fucking doing. Like, but then to hear from them the feedback, because Brie was talking, you know, she was talking to them because she speaks French really, really well. Oh, awesome. And, you know, for me, I'm still like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, she's having a conversation. They're like, you know, she's very focused, you know, her head's down and she's delivering her foods really good, blah, blah, blah. And to hear from other people, not to, you know, dim the light on any of those chefs, your food's amazing. I love your flavors. Like that's the one thing that keeps on, you know, translating itself in every conversation is the, the, the taste is amazing. Flavors are right where they need to be. And being on the show, you got all these chefs who are like, yeah, I worked for Brian Malarkey. And, you know, I've, I've worked at like, first of all, that blew my mind. It was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Are you fucking name dropping right now? Is that what <laughs> really is happening? And, you know, like, yeah, you know, I've worked at 11 Madison Park and whatever, whatever. And it's like, why am I here? You know? And then it, they don't show it. And I wish they showed so much more of this series where, you know, they asked me about my dish that I created. Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, wow, you know, everyone's making like these dishes, dishes. And like, I just got scallops. No, like, you did the right thing though. On that first, that first episode where you had to like show yourself and, and prove, you know, show your first, first impression dish. I was like, scallops may seem simple to people, but just like you said, like, I'm, I'm not a chef. I, I can't cook Renee, honestly. Like <laughs> my boyfriend is the chef in the relationship. Okay. Okay. So so when you make something and people call it simple, like, oh, I hate when you watch a show with people and they're like, oh, I could cook that. Oh, I could make it better than that. No, you can't. Like, stop lying. <laughs> you, you don't have the flavors that Chef Renee has. And so to watch you just make such an elegant, beautiful plate. And that was your first impression. That was a great first impression. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, uh, again, still, you know, just watching other people, you know, and it's like, damn, I felt the type of way. I was very nervous. Like, okay. Y'all better like this shit. I hope you like this shit. Um, and, and it was translated really well with, where I think people saw me as a person that would be a force to be reckoned with. Definitely. But at the same token, you know, I did feel away in the house with all these people that are like fucking name dropping left and right. Like, 
I'm not a name dropper. Like, yeah, you know. That uh, was my least favorite part. <laughs> I'm sorry. As soon as the first episode, I think everybody hated Mike. First episode, I was like, Mike, I, I don't care where you've been, who you worked for, like all that name dropping stuff like when we are in this house when we are all on pressure cooker we're at a level playing field because he got he got right real quick with that first dish with the when the ravioli didn't hit <laughs> and he learned like okay like i'm a it's, it's kind of like when you're the star basketball player in your hometown and then you go off right. to college okay you were the star before but like everybody else here is a star too so like yeah i, yeah, I really yeah. loved how there weren't really any weak links in the house i feel like everybody really was was that that shit so Oh, I or you disagree some who who was really the wink link in the house because now we can really talk about it since the show is over the yeah, first yeah. thing I wanted to talk about was how uh and maybe some of my listeners haven't watched pressure cooker so if you haven't watched pressure cooker yet you need to go watch it on Netflix yes, please um, do. when I first saw this show I basically compared it to like top chef meets big brother because I've watched both of those shows right, it's right, a right. cooking competition but it is also kind of that personality and, and getting to know your house guests and I've always hated that, like when your hundred thousand dollars is in somebody else's hands. And so when you walked in the house, did you know it was going to be that kind of competition? I don't know if the producers told you like you're going to be doing these challenges. So we knew we were going to have to do challenges. You know, I, I knew that it was going to be a bunch of chefs living in a house. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, whatever. However, I didn't know that we were going to be judging each other. Like we all mm. kind of been looking like, so who's going to be the host or yeah. like, who's going to tell us what to do, whatever, before we really picked up like, oh, the machine is what tells oh, us. Oh, dang. So you just but found out in that moment. In that moment. And it's so funny because while you guys hear the little ticket printer or whatever, with the little weird voice, <laughs> you know, in the house, there was an actual voice and, and the mic was on super, super loud where it said, like for Brian and Ed, um, Ed, Brian, report to the kitchen. It's like five o'clock in the morning. Wow. I did notice. I was like, why are you waking them up at seven in the morning? They can't even sleep. Yo, so, you know, it, it's things like that. Like that microphone was our call, you know, like we oh, were, wow. you know, we were hanging out, we were chilling, we were cooling. And then it's just like, here's this disruption. So I feel like had they shown more of the disruption, yeah, you, people really would have seen, oh, you know, pressure yeah like now here's the scramble this is what you guys have to do oh my gosh and I think I saw one of your other interviews you said before the show y'all had to answer like 700 questions yeah. was this yeah, to yeah, make yeah. sure you had the right mental state or <laughs> like why did they yeah. have to interview so intensely um so you know you you go through maybe two or three video interviews or okay. whatever um, you know, they let you know, Hey, so we really got you up for this, but you know, you need to pass this, this psych test. Mm. And, um, with that being said, it was just like, this test is long as fuck, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And at, at one point or another in the show, I began to question like, yo, how the fuck did half of us make it onto the show? Is this shit not fucking right, right? Yeah. Now, you know? I mean, one person that definitely stands out was Jenna. Uh, <laughs> I feel oh, like Gina. Uh, yeah. Gina yeah. I feel like as soon as she, she came in, she had the, the right idea. You know, once you find out you're on this kind of show, you want to make alliances and stuff. But I've always said to myself, if I was on Big Brother or Pressure Cooker, I would consider myself a floater. I would just try to float by maybe not the 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 highest and winning every single competition but maybe not the lowest losing every competition because right. you don't want to make enemies right you want that balance but we saw her talking behind the scenes and when she got eliminated she was like 
sorry for everything I said. Sorry for everything I said. I'm like, listen, if you have to apologize for what you said, that's because no, you, know you know it's going to air later. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, with that situation with her, you know, seeing it play back, it was like, what? yo that's she crazy. was really she was really talking behind y'all back no she was she was talking that shit and i get it you know there always has to be quote unquote a villain of some sort but for me the reality is is that i've seen some of the podcasts and she's like yeah you know i was just playing a part it was a part that the producers suggested and this and that whatever whatever like the producer suggested or requested that I kind of like name drop. But the reality is me being who I am, I'm not going to do that outside mm. of the real world. So I'm not going to fucking do that shit for fucking TV. Yeah. Right. So that lets me know this is who you are. You know, like she mentioned she was in foster care or whatever and felt the abandonment from, you know, her father or whatever, whatever. Like people, and, and this is not to make an assessment about all people in foster care, but the reality is, it's just like, you have to survive. It's mm-hmm. art for survival. So mm-hmm. I feel like that is embedded within her. And that's how she naturally moved. I mean, look at when Lana, she's having a conversation. That was Lana. so snake. Lana left way too early. I was so sick. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, you know, and you hear me say it, like, you guys are going to send Gina home because reality is the entire house, even Robbie, even Ed. And it sucks that Ed was like, no, no one said that you were the weak link. And it's like, motherfucker, all of a sudden <laughs> she's the weak link. You know what I mean? Like, come the fuck on. Oh, I love some of those side conversations. <laughs> you know, like, are you, are yeah. you fucking serious? So um, we all thought that Gina was going to be going home. Yeah. And I think that seeing how she had the conversation with Lana, knowing very well that she had an alliance with Sergaline, mm-hmm. it was just like, you look like I'm looking you in your fucking face and you're fucking lying. The, the craziest part, yeah, was when, um, who went home? I forget. Oh, I think I forget who went home, but it was, it was a vote where it was like, it could only be one of us. And she was like, well, it wasn't me. I was like, no, it, it could only be one of you. It had to be you. <laughs> Man, listen, and you like, you see my hand on her shoulder in that second episode. Did you vote for her? Because it's like, I, I like, I felt your fucking yeah. energy. Like she was just trying to push that shit on Sergey so, so much. Yeah. And it's like, for what? You know what I mean? Like if you decided you were going to do all the shit in, in the, on the sidelines, there's literally no fucking need for you to go back. And apologies for all the language, but there's no need for you to go back into Kristen's face and just be like, blah, 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 it was blah, Kristen. Blah, blah. Yeah. I think it was Kristen. The numbers were off. It was like, there's yeah. only four of us. So one of us had to vote for her. Like, Come yeah. On. You know, like, and even when she was like, Lana, I'm so sorry I voted for you. Lana was like, are you? Are you really? <laughs> right. No, like, you're, you're not. You're, you're not sorry. Like, so. so this is your energy in real life. Yeah. No one just does this shit for a show. Like, you don't, you don't, you're not naturally just a nice ass person. And then you're like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I was going to say, like, how can you compare, you know, the pressure cooker experience to like working with chefs in a different kitchen? You know, like I I've seen shows like the bear on FX, right. Where the, the chef is crazy and running around and cursing and yelling at everybody. Have you felt like volatile and toxic environments like that in cooking or especially as a black woman, LGBTQ woman, have you ever felt like, I mean, you all, we already stand out. Right. So have you, are, have you felt like you kind of been picked on in the kitchen I mean, I've definitely been, you know, picked on in the kitchen. You know, I've I've, I've shed my tears in the walk-in fridge before. <laughs> you know, um, but a lot of that came from like my male counterparts that are like, yeah, we knew how to make this, 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 and this, or whatever. And it's like, that's great for you, right? But I bet you if I go make just basic ass family meal, my shit will still be better than anything that you put on a plate <laughs> for guests to eat. Right, right. 
Um, so there was a lot of that. Nothing really, you know, rocking around like, you know, being gay or being black, but it was definitely definitely like the male to female ratio and just sexism, you know, just, mm-hmm. just the way that it kind of works. Um, that's that's the most toxic I can say that I've experienced in a kitchen. Um, anyone that works in my kitchen, you know, I already know, look, I know I'm going to inspire you. I know you're going to take my dish. You may mutate my dish. You may whatever the fuck it is, but always just give me respect and however you move. Yeah. And, and speaking about, you know, you being a leader in the kitchen, I think that was the first episode, right? Where you had to lead the team and that second episode, you were the leader of the team and you kind of are like me. I'm non-confrontational. Let's just put our head down. Let's just do the work. But right. then Sergey had to kind of take the reins and start telling people what to do. Renee, I was about to go all for you. I was about to curse him out because I'm just like, they named me the leader, not you. So shut up and do what I say. And so how did you really find balance where like you want to win this challenge, but you don't want to step on people's toes. You just met them. So, you know, for me, it was definitely that. Like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. You know, everyone, we all had a discussion previously you know, hey, we know how to do this, we know how to do that. And again, if they showed more of the social aspect where we kind of like cut off, we're chilling in a room and we're bouncing ideas off of each other, whatever, whatever, we're having conversations. So when that clock started, like it started the next day. Okay, wow, I didn't realize. So it didn't actually start like, okay, ticket, here we go, let's go. Yeah. So, you know, we knew already it's the, what was it, four seasons? No, not four seasons. The umami, salt, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like we had the night to plan. Right. Okay. So it's just like, I know I have my way of doing things and everyone else has their way of doing things. Do I feel like Kristen was safe for a salad? It's like, yes and no, but it was a collective concept. Right. Yeah. Like even the crispy amaranth that she put on there, you know, I'm like, Hey, like, let's just add a crunchy textural component. I'll, I'll cook that for you, whatever, whatever. Like they really didn't show too much of what was happening. Mm, okay. Even with Brian's panna cotta, like they don't show to Ed flavored this guy's panna cotta mm, really yes Ed flavored mm. Kristen telling him you need to get it a blast chiller you need to get it a blast chiller like the reality is if you want to make a panna cotta it literally is not going to take more than 10 minutes max wow so the me. average viewer like me doesn't know all that yeah Right. So, you know, I, I in turn end up looking like a fucking asshole, you know, <laughs> because people are like, oh, you're racist, you know, because Brian's white. And they said that his stuff tasted better than yours. And, you know, you had so many mistakes and blah, blah, blah. Okay. For, first of all, pause. <laughs> Sounds fucked up. I'm really not going to take critique from someone that made raw chicken. And then in, in, in the interview says, you know, yeah, it had the bonnet. It's just a little undercooked. Oh my God, that chicken was like, raw, sweetie. I'm sorry, Liv. That chicken like, was raw. <laughs> that shit blew my that shit blew my mind. But it's just like if anyone sears a piece of fish right now, and you can even look at the fact that I'm happy with the fish in my ep- with the bronzino. I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, I touch it. It's hard, it's crisp. Mm, yeah. Love it, whatever, whatever. Someone eats that shit an hour later. Guess what? Your skin is no longer crispy. Mm. So yeah, tell me about like. Did y'all literally take it from like kitchen to table? Like how much time did y'all have? So they stop us, time's up, whatever. Okay, cool. They take the plates from us mm, okay. or we walk them up. So there's, so there's two options or well, two things that happen. They take the beauty plate, they walk it across. The cameras are taking time to do the beauty shots. Oh, that's why it's getting cold. Right? Then it's the cameras then panning down the whole table. Okay. Right? After that, Robbie, myself, we come in, we sit down. We don't sit down to start eating. 
they had me sit down maybe about a good, I want to say 12 to 13 times. Wow. Right. They close that door. Boom. If it doesn't close properly, they open it back. We shoot it again. We shoot it again. We shoot it again. Every time I eat something, they give me a different utensil. So I can't eat until. So my thing is for anybody out here that's wow. ever seen a piece of fish, the only thing that's going to have a crunch to it is if that little flesh has the brown right there on that side underneath the skin. That's the only thing that's still going to have that crunch. Mm-hmm. But that skin will always, always flop. So when you hear critique, like she said, my, my skin was floppy, but then you hear Robbie say the skin was floppy. Okay, guys, people at home (laughs) ever cooked anything. It's sort of like me frying chicken, right? If I fry chicken guarantee you in about two hours, it's not going to taste good. (laughs) This shit no longer got the, uh, (laughs) you can still like be like, Mm, but it don't got that ah yeah so i think in all fairness it was just like the camera showed the skin is crispy it's yeah but you got somebody else saying like the skin was a little da 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 da. like that's so interesting to me i did not think about the time and and it is television so how many takes you have to do and i did not think about that at all because i'm thinking y'all are just eating this fresh hot food from the kitchen and that definitely plays a part into people's critiques and also at the end of the day food is subjective so it's like to get judged by other people, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Because you, your food is always judged by other people every day when they taste it, right? Yeah, you know, and, and if it ain't good, I got the kind of people around me that'll be like, do not make this shit <laughs> You know, um, I, I'm okay with my food being critiqued. You know, on Food Network, I was on Chopped, right? And- um, And I didn't even yeah. realize that before Pressure Cooker, you've been on Chopped, you've been on another show, right? Uh. Chopped, Kitchen Crash, Budget Battle. Oh, uh, wow. You know, then I did something with like Odell for his show. I did like Real Housewives. So it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with being judged and it being seen for the for the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Are there moments where it's like, damn, that critique was crazy, you know? But even with Chef Amanda from uh, Amanda Freitag from Chopped, you know, I see her because we both work with God's Love We Deliver to just kind of be like, hey, you know, we're here to support. We're, we're part of, you know, pride, whatever, whatever. And like, she's like, no matter what has happened, because that's the first time I saw her maybe two years after the show. Mm-hmm. She's like, no matter what's happened, you have elevated yourself because we follow each other on Instagram, whatever, whatever. Like here's somebody that's like been in the game for however long or whatever, who's just like, shake that shit off. Yeah. Shake it the fuck off and let's move on. You know what I mean? Um, and I think just- that's the hardest part for me. I, like I said, I have anxiety. So I kind of dwell on things like, oh, I'm kicking myself from that thing I fucked up two weeks ago. Whereas on the show, you don't have time for a pity party. Like you have to hurry up, dust yourself off and get on to the next challenge. Basically. So yeah, I, I definitely could see that, you know, you were just laser focused when they brought in the family. That was kind of tear jerking because I know your your partner is definitely everything to you. And it's great to have a really good supportive partner as well. But I couldn't imagine being in that house because like you said, the personalities, the challenges, you're in the back of your mind, like hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Listen, and, and you know, there's another part also in that particular family episode where, or I think it was 
towards the end of the family episode or maybe the part of the fifth one but you know where Gina and Caroline are like Mike carried that team and it's like absolutely not because had the cameras really rolled itself back right Mm -hmm. you know and again showing part of the social aspect you know we're hanging out in the boys room and we're having a conversation like we're making this we're doing this how do you feel about this no one wanted to do duck I was suggestive of duck everything that happened on the duck plate was because of my suggestion you Mm -hmm. get me and Mike's like listen I could do it. I could sear it. I can make sure this shit's perfect, whatever, whatever. If not, you guys could vote me off, whatever, whatever. I, I was like, okay, Mike, like that's <laughs> being out to do all of that. And even, you know, uh, Ed and Robbie were, were all in cohesion about what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. You know, when the families are there and I'm like, yo, do you check the lobster, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And I tell Ed, hey, make sure you get that citrus oil. Put the citrus oil on top of this lobster. Like I'm telling you, it's going to hit. It's going to go like- So you had the little details. I had the details. Like even when it came down to Mike's dish, me telling him to add sage, but me and him had a quick argument right there where he wanted to put dry sage. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you need to put fresh sage. And I was like, I need you to char that corn because him and I basically make the same dish. Yeah. But mine is more like, again- I'm flavor, you the know, flavor. I was going to say, <laughs> right. You know, um, I was really pissed about that, that, uh, that mango mousse mm. because it's like, fuck that shit. Ah, 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 you know, but at the same token, while everyone's like this mad shit on his plate, this is magic on this fucking plate. Yeah. And you don't see that while I have Ed doing my rhubarb, he cooks it too long. Mm. So then I ended up making like a, like adding a shit ton of sugar. So it kind of like crystallized or whatever. They don't show like the art of of improvising that, that really occurred. And the fact that everyone was on top of each other. Wow. Yeah. That kitchen did it. Like y'all was cooking. Y'all didn't even have a station. Y'all was like right next to each other. No, we was, we was on it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, what you just said really stood out to me about kind of like experimentation and cooking is an art. You know, I have a fine art background. I paint acrylics and sometimes I'm like, yes, I love acrylic pours. Yes, that's my thing. (laughs) So just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, letting it flow. You never know how it's going to go with cooking. It is a science. But at the same time, like I said, it's all subjective, right? Sometimes I'm like, needs more salt. My boyfriend's like, stop putting so much salt. So how is it working with other people? Like when you're trying to bring this vision to life? And like you said, they're like, oh, I want to add dry sage. And you're like, no, add fresh sage. Like kind of kind of learning a little bit from each other, but at the same time experimenting. And I feel like, yeah, your future is kind of somebody else's hands. I hate that at the end where Mike literally got to pick the final two. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I think like learning from the, the second episode where it's just like, all right, auto, autopilot. Like, yeah, you said you know how to do this. You said you know how to do this. You said you know how to do this. Now, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all in each other's dishes. We're okay. all in each other's dishes. Um, for me, personally speaking, you know, having my my fate in someone else's hands doesn't really feel very comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe just based on my floppy ass fish, that fish was such shit. It was shit. <laughs> the monochromatic plate. plate. And purple is my favorite like, color. <laughs> I love purple. And you know, like, I love that they enjoyed my, my beat, amuse-bouche because that's exactly how I make it for clients, right? It's like, boom, whatever. So that's good. You went off of something like, if I'm gonna leave today, like this is a dish that really is me. Right? And it's just like with the fish, it was, I don't know what the fuck happened. I can't even tell you what happened because it was supposed to be such a clean cut because I cut one of them the night before and it it went through. Yeah. It went through clean. So I have no idea if it was like, I I, I just don't- They sabotaged you. 
Some people speculate. I don't know. I walked away <laughs> a thousand times. I, I couldn't, I really could not tell you like what happened. Was I disappointed? Was I hurt? Yeah. So one of the uh, critics, she posted the clip where she's like, oh, nah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I sent her a message and I said, hey, I just want you to know, like, that is not me mm-hmm. on the plate ever. I know it's not because I, if somebody gave me 35 minutes to cook something, you're getting my mama's uh, chili recipe. That's what you're getting. So <laughs> I, I don't know how you were able to do all that in such a short amount of time. And like, yeah, I, I don't think that's a very good representation of you. Like you said, you know, it, did it hurt me? Yeah. It's out there for the world to watch. Yes. And so many people are like, yeah, we saw that, but we saw everything before that. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. Now, if you were doing something like what Brian was doing, where there was no execution from beginning to end, then we would really be judging you. But yeah. you're you're a rock star. You, we love how you carried yourself, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with how it all kind of played out. Am yes. I, I think, I, I mentioned that to say, I think that Mike, the producers wanted Mike to choose me because it would have been easy based on the possible ranking because clearly they enjoyed Mike and Robbie's dish Mm -hmm. right um like hey let's just send these two upwards yeah I think that the producers had in mind that they wanted him to choose a fate of yo it's about to be steamy place you know um but he went the Christian route um because he's like super upstanding Christian guy oh really that's good Which, which again you don't see me and him we're sitting now we're talking about the bible we're talking about like you know, cancer, you know, myself and Caroline, like we talked about like, oh, you know, my mom, she's, you know, she has stomach cancer, blah, 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 things like that. Like they didn't show a lot of that bonding, a lot of that stuff where I believe that they felt because of that bond out of all three of us that he would have likely chosen me. Me too. I I thought he was going that route. Yeah. I was surprised when he said Robbie. That's why I thought maybe he just pulled out his heartstrings, you know, I mean, he pulled guy. He's got a family to support and a restaurant to support, but we all got a story. Shit. <laughs> we all got a story, you know, and, and, and again, you don't even see me and Sergey having a conversation. Like what would we do with the money? You want to get your girl a ring? I want to get my girl a ring. I'm a, I want to get another car. I'm probably going to waste this fucking money. I'm probably, <laughs> bullshit. you know, um, they don't show that, but I'm just like, you know, we're not, we know who he's going to choose. Yeah. So when you hear that, it makes me sound like a bitter person based on how it's cut up. Mm-hmm. But we're having the conversation where we're just like, this is what we're going to do. Like, dude, we don't need this shit right now. Like he's in a situation and he needs it. You know, he voiced it throughout the entire season. Yeah. But I do feel like part of the reason why they cut out a lot of the social aspect is because many of us would look entirely different. Mm-hmm. Like people would say, oh, Robbie came with the crybaby shit, you know, like he mm-hmm. milked it. That's why Mike chose him yeah. or, you, or his dislike for Sergey or whatever. Like there's so many different ways that you could really play it. And it's just like, I think they were pretty careful in the way that they showed what they showed because otherwise it would have been insane. You know, 2023 is the year of alignment. You know what I mean? So it's just, you got to look at everything as this was supposed to happen. You were supposed to meet this person. You made, you were supposed to miss out on the opportunity, not lose out, miss out on an opportunity, mm. you know, something better that's coming. Even if that's something that, that's better is coming, you know, a year and two months from now. We don't know when it's coming. Yeah. Right. You know, so I'm always grateful. Like there's moments where like, I'm just like, yo, fuck this fucking client right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want some bullshit. 
you know, but it's like, I'm gonna let you pay these bills for a moment. I got Especially you. in food. Like, do you have to like, just make what, whatever people want, or do you really, you influence your menu and then they get what you make? So it's a little bit of both. So if you got a special request, just tell me, like when I've worked with Odell, it's just like, I'm making what I feel like making. And what I'll do is I'll give him two options. I'm like, hey, so this is what we got on the menu today. <laughs> what are you feeling like for, for right now? And what do you feel like having later on? And we'll kind of work on that. But if he makes a request like, yo, chef, can you just make me like a red velvet cake, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. I got you, no problem, done. You know? Okay, cool. So, and you know, part of what I do is, you know, I, I feel like a lot of male athletes, I call them my children in a sense. <laughs> you know I mean? My little brothers. I saw because, a headline, you had to help o OBJ eat his vegetables. <laughs> Man, listen, there's a lot of sneaking food in. You got to cut it a certain way. You know, like, I, I get it, though, because there were moments where, like, growing up, my mom used to cut these big-ass pieces of onion, and, <laughs> and he has a thing with gigantic pieces of onion. I'm like, wow, we're going to work this out. We're going to have <laughs> it. You know, I'm going to saute. It's going to be thin. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Um, yeah, so I, I just like to give people shit that, you know, I know they're going to eat, but yeah. things that they need to try as well. And thinking a little bit about, you know, we're in Black History Month, February, thinking about what food does to our soul, how you said that flavor speaks to us. I feel yeah. like that goes back to our ancestors, like you said, your own grandmother. And for me, food wasn't a huge deal in my house. My family barely ate together. I definitely grew up off the microwave. And so now that's why I consider myself an adult who doesn't know how to cook. I'm like, oh, I got to learn how to do things. But now as I'm dating, I'm in a serious relationship. I'm looking towards marriage. I'm like, wow, I like cooking for this guy. Like, I like, okay. I, I like experimenting in the kitchen now and, you know, with different meal delivery services and things, they be making you feel like you're on, on pressure cooker. They make you feel like you're a chef, you know? So I'm definitely experimenting a lot more, but I have just seen how food like is a labor of love and like people really put their love into it. And, and I love how you just incorporated your heritage into your food as well, because I've never been to Barbados. I've never had those different flavors. So it's awesome. Go. Yeah. Listen, you know, I, I tell people, you know, most Caribbean islands, um, you know, use a lot of the same things, you know, it's just something as simple as fish cakes, you know, it, it's, you know, could be called fish cakes in Barbados, mm -hmm. fish cakes in Canada, but you know, um, you go to Jamaica and it's like codfish fritters, Yeah, you know, you, know, you could go to Puerto Rico and they call it bacalaito, you know, like it's so many different things however this country makes it without you know adding a little bit of baking soda or baking powder you know this group over here they add egg to it or something mm. like that you know there's there's so many different variations of something that can be made and I think that speaks to all chefs yeah like, you can make the same short rib here's the same amount of meat but you can say I'm not adding any fucking red wine to that shit because I don't like how that fucking tastes mm -hmm. me right <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's like, yes, so we're going to do red wine and we're going to do the mirepoix of celery and carrots and onions and shit. I'm like, I'm not putting any of that shit in, in my shit either, <laughs> right? But that's what sets me apart. Yes. I'm taking a cultivation of different flavors from the islands. Like we're going to add pineapple. We're going to add star anise. We're going to mm. add, add cinnamon. I'm going to put a little bit of soy sauce in there. I can't tell you the rest. So it's great when I follow a recipe and I'm like learning something new. I did I, even the whole, what is it? Salt, acid. What, what are the three? Salt, acid, things fat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, but again, something as simple as making short ribs, you know, you could be the person that sears it on the stove before you put it in a, a, a pressure cooker or whatever. Um, or you could be the person that just goes straight to it because it'll all look the same. Yeah. 
it will all look the same, whether you sear the shit or not. I get it, caramelization, making more of that meat flavor come out. But it's like, I've tried both methods and my shit literally tastes the exact same. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to skip this step. However, if I'm making oxtails, now we searing this. Yeah. We, ah. You got to have ah, your ah. special recipe for that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, we all know that what works for us and- I just know I don't want to follow everybody else. Everybody else want to use red wine and mirepoix. I don't want to use that. I want to use something completely fucking different yeah. to create a completely different flavor profile, which marries to my vision. Yeah. And that's why I said food really is like art to me. It's kind of like music. Like some people might like Drake. Some people might hate Drake. Some people might like your dish. Some people might hate it. But being on a show, you do have those confinements you know the challenges where they're like hey you can only use what's in this box and so I'm glad you're still able to put your own spin on those things and, and really make it your own so that's why I was just ending with I wanted to end with saying like you really did it your way so that's why I was so proud of you to watch that yes so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and where can the folks follow you and see more of your work all right, so you can find me via social media, Chef Renee Blackman. You can find my website, same exact way. On Twitter, it is Chef underscore Blackman. Well, we will continue to sprinkle the flavor. Thank you so much, Chef Renee. It was really a pleasure to speak with you. It was a pleasure. Ciao, Christine. Thank you.